Hello, welcome back to Two Dykes One Mike. I am Chloe. And I'm Kimmy. And today we have an incredible guest on, but as always, we always start with a joke, so it's my turn this week, isn't yep. it? So I went to the zoo the other day and the only animal in the whole zoo was a dog. It was a shit zoo. <laughs> Okay, so we have a guest on this week. So last week we visited his gym. So we have Mike along with us all the way from Marbella. So um would you like to introduce yourself, Mike? Who are you? What do you do? Um I hi, I'm Mike from Mike's gym in Marbella. I'm um, founder of Mike's Gym, um, which is a, a kind of unique gym that we host um, training camps, is our main um, business. We have um, an outside assault course that's five kilometres around, and there's 150 odd elements. So that's what we're kind of really, really unique for. Um, we use a lot of the natural terrain, which is very unique to other companies that have got OCR courses and stuff like that. Uh, another big part of the OCR course that we have here is the fact that we've got um, quite a big strength um, element to it. It's called Combat Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we host camps, or we have people come and stay with us. We have camps from anything from six people to 35 people. We can accommodate up to 40-ish people at the moment. Um, we have people come from all over the place, from Australia, as far as Australia. We've just had a camp in from Australia, actually, which was really cool. They've been coming for a few years now, obviously pre-COVID, then COVID stopped it all, and now they've started to come back again. Um, we get camps from oh, Poland, Portugal, you know it, all over Europe. So we get, we're quite, we're quite out there at the minute. Um, we do have a regular gym as well, which we have um, regular gym members, not so many. <laughs> Our main business is the camps. Um, so, yeah, that's what I sort of get up to. I, my daily routine is taking gym classes, um, doing a little bit of personal training, not too much, and obviously hosting camps. We do camps ourselves, and we have people actually just you know, rent the facility to do their own camps here. So there's all sorts of different scenarios that goes on um, here, really. Mm-hmm. So how did it all get started? How did Mike's Gym come about? Um, the Mike's Gym story goes, it started off as a, a tiny small gym that was a personal gym to myself because I've come to Spain and I, I actually come to Spain um, to uh, rent jet skis and um, we had a beach concession for 11 years. So that's what I started off doing. Um, and then I was going to a few gyms and didn't really sort of click with or they didn't have really what i wanted in them i was always been circuit um base training and i couldn't get on the machines you know it's like blah 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 blah. <laughs> so i just built my own in the back of a workshop and a store because the gym that's actually a gym now used to be it was built to store jet skis in mm-hmm. we used to store like a hundred odd jet skis and there was garages and workshops for different things um so i had a small gym in the back of that <clears throat> and then the jet ski business sort of pitted out a little bit, to be honest with you. They changed the laws. You had to um, run the jet skis from a port because ours was just off the normal beach. But anyway, so that went. And then I just decided to make the gym a little bit bigger. 
So it went from five metres by five metres to five metres by ten metres. And all of a sudden, some friends started coming to train with me. Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, this is quite nice. I like this. <laughs> um, and then one day, um, the, the, the person that owned the beach concession wanted to take it back. He wanted to take it back from me. I thought, oh, shit, what am I going to do now? <laughs> so anyway, I all of a sudden turned half the building into a, a gym. So I thought I'd do some personal training and a few classes and stuff like that. Well, within a, a few weeks, it was like, oh, my God, we're full, mm-hmm. ready. There was like 30-odd people in a class in this small, small area. And shit. And the rest of the building was just, if I'm honest with you, over the years that it was there, for 10, 11 years that the building was here before we turned it into a gym, I sort of just collected other people's, it was other people's dumping ground. There was all sorts of different stuff, old jet skis, old parts, old this, old boats, old everything. And I just thought one day, you know what, I've had enough of this. So I cleared the whole place out, took everything out, and then turned the whole building into a gym. Then, after that, with the gym members went right up. It was, it was a really good time, to be honest. And we got up to like 80, 90 gym members quite quickly, which for down on the coast here, it, it was quite good and I was really mm-hmm. enjoying it. And it was when um, the boot camp um, fad come out. Everyone wanted to go on a boot camp and get um, nice and slim and do a week's boot camp. You're going to lose a free stone. And Anyway, we was on the back of that. Or say on the back of that. I had someone approach me. Um, it was number one boot camp company that was in the UK, actually. And they were absolutely steaming. They were really, really good at what they were doing mm-hmm. on paper. Um, so they they come up one day to see the, um, the gym in the assault course. And they said, this would make a brilliant boot camp place. Have you got any accommodation? I said, no, I haven't. Not for a minute. But anyway, one thing led to another. And within, I don't know, probably six months of that conversation, I had um, cabins there to accommodate like 25 people. So then we started doing the boot camps. And that lasted for, I don't know, about a year and a half. Um, And I sort of... I went on a different route. We went from... It used to be a, dare I say this, a fat camp where people had to come. Mm-hmm. They wanted to lose their, their their marketing skills were fantastic because what they'd do, they'd um, give you figures about losing weight and everybody wanted to lose weight. I'm not going to go into details, but that was their marketing draw for mm-hmm. everybody. So they'd get you here, they'd make you do loads and loads of work, give you minimal food and your results at the end of that week was fantastic. You've got £10, £12, whatever. And you know what happens after the week after. You go straight back up and possibly a little bit more. Yep, yep. And I really, really didn't like what was going on. So I stopped it. I said, no more. I'm not doing this no more. So we went from kind of a boot camp facility and we changed the name. It used to be called Mike's Gym La Carla Hills. Then we went to Mike's Gym Purpose-Built Training Facility, Marbella. Mm-hmm. So the, the title there, Purpose-Built Training Facility, changed was an absolute game changer for us. Um, and then all of a sudden, with the address of Marbella as well, because our actual town is Lakala, but nobody knows where Lakala is. Mm-hmm. And, and my um, design guy at the time said, we need to change this. So we changed it to Marbella. And all of a sudden, overnight, 
the emails went like tenfold. So all of a sudden it's like, where's this come from? And it's because of the change of the name. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we had some really, I say luck, we had some good luck on the way. Um, once we built the assault course, I mean, it got to a standard within about, I don't know, about a year. And it used to take about 15 minutes to run round um, before I'd actually get a stopwatch out there and say, right, this is our assault course, come and try it. We had a lot of um, people from CrossFit gyms used to come. We had some good connections from Sweden, really good influencers, and they really put us on the map massively, like overnight. It was incredible, to be honest with you. And all of a sudden, these people are turning up every day, and I'm showing people around their sort course every day, and I think, Jesus Christ, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the, the next four or five years, it went from 15 minutes to you can't break an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it went from however many metres, it went to 1.2 kilometres, then it went to 2.5 kilometres, and then from 2.5 kilometres, we just... It took about a year and a half, and we just... Every inch of the terrain... I've tried to neutralise out there. Mm-hmm. And so we've got five kilometres now. And like I say, no one can break the hour. Um, so that's kind of, you know, how it all started. And it's just gone from strength to strength from, from then on, to be honest with you. Obviously, mm-hmm. COVID, we took a bit of hit, a big hit um, through COVID because nobody could travel. Yep. Um, and the gym and the maintenance has got so much now because of the size of the place, even with the cabins empty, they still need maintaining. Something's always going wrong. The course always needs maintaining. But gym members is just not enough for us anymore. We need the camps to come over. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of a tricky, tricky time. And But with the, the government, we did get some help off the government. We had to get bank loads and stuff like that to get us through. But we're through the worst of it now. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully by the end of this year, we'll be, uh, we'll be back on track to where we was. So. But yeah, it's, I, I mean, from from now on, it's looking really positive again. And, and as you know yourself, it's, it's a it's a unique place. Yeah, I've never done any marketing at all. Only social media and influences come in and stuff like that. But I've never gone right. We need to do this. We need to do that. It's um, just an absolute natural, organic wow. growth. It's crazy Sorry. how it's crazy how good like word of mouth is. Like we wouldn't have known about it unless someone told us yeah. about it. Like so, yeah. It's crazy like the impact that that can have, and like people are coming from all over the world like to visit your gym without actually marketing like anywhere. Like you know it's what? crazy. It never ceases to amaze me where people come from. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Did you ever envision that like happening though, like people traveling no, from? There was never a master plan ever. To be honest with you, I've, I've always been like that throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm just one of those impulse, impulsive people that so just someone or something <laughs> happens, whatever it might be, and I'll just go, right, I fancy that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's how it's ever been. It's like, you know, the story, how, how getting to Spain, how I come to. Um, live in Spain was um, the fact that we come on a stag do <laughs> and um, <laughs> wow. from that stag do we, we all my friends are jet ski racers mm-hmm. so we brought our jet skis with us because we was coming for eight days on a stag do and we'd have done, we never used to leave home without our jet skis we went everywhere with them. and we're so used to driving around Europe because we're, we're sort of well, well raced all over Europe as well and so we'll take our jet skis so anyway we went to a beach and they had a jet ski rental business there. 
and um, they really didn't have a clue what they was doing. And me being me, just got involved and started helping and, and whatnot. Anyway, I wound up staying the next week. They all went home. I stayed here. Then I went home and they said, do you want to come work with us for, for the month of August because we're busy? I said, yeah, I'll come and do that for you. So I just helped them in August. And long story short, really, the, the guy that owned it all offered me the pitch for the next year because he could see I obviously knew what I was doing and, and they didn't have a clue. And I just, yeah, I'll have that. And and that was it, really. So that's how I come to actually live in Spain. And, and, and I moved here. We rented an apartment for the first year, and then I bought at the end of that year straight away. I just knew that's what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and um, so that was really good. that was a really good business for 10, 11 years, and then this has turned up, yeah. But like I say, it only started off as a hobby for me mm-hmm. um, and my friends that they used to come up. We was into motorbikes and quads and jet sprints, and so all of us used to train, and we used to train together and stuff. So it was really cool, and from then it's just yeah, it's turned into this um, bloody international fitness retreat or <laughs> training facility or whatever you want to call it so do you, do you see that being your forever home now mate do you see yeah. spain being yet yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's um you know for me for longevity particularly as i'm getting older now um it's so much fun mm-hmm. um i go to meet people at the airport i don't know who's coming and that's one of the most fun things to do to see who's going to turn up Mm-hmm. I know we've got entertained for a week, um, and I don't feel I'll ever lose that because there's so much variety here. Um, and obviously, I've got my children, and I don't know whether I know Harley says he does want to take it over, but he's got a jet ski career in front of him, so we'll see how long that takes. And when he's ready to give that up, that might be five, it might be ten, it might be fifteen years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just something that can't really get fed up with and the variety that we do we do the beach workouts we go hiking we have the gym we've got the ocr course i mean jesus christ if you can't have fun doing that for a living let me tell you something there's no point in you being on this planet yeah and for me it keeps me young it keeps me wanting to be healthy because i know i have to go out there and i've always been one that leads by example Mm -hmm. if i can't do it i'm not entitled to be able to tell you to do it so listen that is it's phasing out a little bit as I'm getting older and like I've had a new hip and I've had a new knee and the other knee's on the way and I've had a shoulder operation so I am falling apart a little bit um, <laughs> but that's needed to say I still go by those principles of lead by example mm-hmm. um, and I'll just try and keep myself going as long as I possibly can and listen you know I still do all right for for, for what's the tra- traumatic time that I've had with the joints and stuff so yeah Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, this is definitely me forever. What brought you personally into like the fitness industry? Like, how did you start um, out your personal so journey? Basically, I've, I've always been an active person and always done sports and a lot of water sports. I started up water skiing, and basically, the, the reason for me to ever start going to a gym, I don't like gyms, if I'm honest with you, at all. Mm-hmm. They bore me shit. <laughs> Um, going in and doing your weights and blah 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 it's not for me it was never about the aesthetics it was always about the function for me to be able to do my sport for longer Mm -hmm. so I started water skiing I could only water ski for five or six minutes or whatever because it's quite a power sport Um, so I joined the gym when I was about 16 I suppose and they give me this induction and they give me a program and I stuck with that for Christ knows how long and then it's funny I went to another gym one day 
and they'd done the circuit class. Mm-hmm. That was me. So I didn't want to do gym ever again. I wanted to do circuit classes. It just seemed to click with me instantly. Yeah. Always on the go, always doing something. I, I don't like waiting in between sets. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'm a, like a, a get in and get out person. Yeah. And once I started that, that circuit training, everything else just bored me. But it wasn't a thing so much then. And obviously, since I started, um, I've, you know, done a few things and probably been in places that I shouldn't have been in. But in the places that I shouldn't have been in, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How, how much do you think the fitness industry's changed since you started out, Mike? I'll miss that. Um, how much do you think the fitness industry has changed since you started out? So how much oh do you think God, it's evolved? Absolutely massive. Yeah. Um, even even from when we started, like I say, mine was quite a unique place and that's why I think a lot of people come very quickly because everything was circuit-based, everything for me. And it was fun. It was we, we was into, you know, interval training and stuff way before this hit come out and blah, blah, blah. They all re-give it lovely marketing names to get it out there and charging <laughs> loads of money for it. I've been yeah. doing that forever, to be honest with you. I'm honest, forever. <laughs> and I'm one of these people who keeps things very simple. And you know what? For 99.9% of people, simplicity works and it's really effective. Yeah. Um, obviously, we went through... The, the, the thing with me, um, with the gym again, is when we moved outside, that was massive. Because that I call that the farmer's strength training. That's real life as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough people as far as I'm concerned, to get out there and just, you know what, get on with it. It's I'm a little bit old school. It's not all got to be absolutely a perfect bar line and perfect back and blah, blah, blah. You go and look at a farmer work and you see how strong a farmer is. And that's what I revert to all the time. They'll just pick anything up the floor. They'll throw it up in the in air. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God. And that's the strength I really like. Mm-hmm. So I tried to go a little bit, I was trying to go a little bit different to everybody else. Obviously, then CrossFit did turn up, and I went and done um, the CrossFit um, certification, and, and we went on to CrossFit for about about three years. But to be honest with you, uh, it didn't suit what we was doing, and we got so much other stuff here, it kind of, for me, it kind of got a, a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not to say, I'm not a gym junkie. I'd sooner be outside carrying logs or pulling ropes and blah, 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 blah. So we we, we did, um, we was a CrossFit affiliate, um, but like I say, that went, and then I just went back to my old-fashioned um, circuit training. So, I mean, now the gym, the gym regime and schedule, it changes from, we sort of do about a three-month, a three-month cycle of sometimes we go slow and heavy, sometimes... Um, it's just pure um, circuit training and then other times we just kind of do a lot more functional stuff particularly for the summer we try to say back off but it's different in the summer because it's so hot and stuff here we just go to functional movements nothing too heavy Mm -hmm. and then generally in the winter is when we go um, back to our heavy weights for three or four months and then we go back to the circus and it depends on whether it's Again, the gym goes through fads, like the OCR. Sometimes they're going on OCR for three or four months. 
so it gets a little bit more OCR based. Then there's obviously the higher ops now. We've got this Decker now. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, and a lot of the, we get, I don't know, 15, 20 people competing from the gym. So we kind of cater around around those competitions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, for me, the fit, the, me, just keep it simple. I don't need no Carlos Fandango disco lights, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. It's not me. I'm just so old school. Yeah. A little bit of a dinosaur, really. But you know what? I, I still really enjoy it. I still love what I do. And, you know, we've got, I don't know, 60, 70 gym members. Amazing. And all the people that come out from um, or come on camps and stuff, you know, I do put them through very similar stuff to what we do with the gym members. And they seem to like it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I really liked that about like the assault course was like it wasn't as if it was anything that was like bought in it was all stuff that was is as if like you've just like found it kind of thing like in you know the nicest what? way possible you know like it's quite funny because another part of the story of, of, of the building of Mike's gym is um, when we when I bought a plot of land there was nothing on it mm-hmm. and I got involved in a timber building company um, and I used to help them in, when I was working on the beach in the summer, in the winter, I used to help them build the houses or take the materials to the sites where they were building the house. And anyway, in the meantime, we'd built four houses on, on site. We built the gym. Um, then the guy went back to Sweden. He was a Swedish lad. So I had a timber store and it had so much stuff in it. And funny you should say about things being lying around. <laughs> the obstacle course come from whatever I had in the yard at that particular <laughs> time. There's trailers out there, there's dogs out there, there's this mm-hmm. out there, there's that out there. You can see. And exactly what you say, if I had something there, I never said, I want to do this, I'm going to go and buy that. It yeah. was like, right, what, what can we do with that? Mm-hmm. What can we do with that? Where can we put that? And obviously, because I live here and it's been an organic growth, there was never, I never wrote the obstacle course down. Mm-hmm. We started off, actually started off funny because we had a quad track down there that I built for my, for my son. And he used to tear around on his, on his little quad when he was, I don't know, three or four years old or whatever. And one day we just stepped out of the gym and I thought, do you know what, I'm going to go and run around that bloody quad track. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, this is insane. It's like short, sharp hills, as you've, you've seen it, all the seesaw balances and the cargo net. Well, that mm-hmm. was a, a motorbike track. And then I started putting obstacles on there. And the obstacle thing come from originally, you won't remember this, I'm sure. It was called The Tough Guy in Wolverhampton. No. It was the original OCR race. Mm. But it was like brutal. It was at the end of January and it was a lot of water. So what you done, you went out on a 13 mile country run, it was called. And that's where I've got the idea of going up and down a hill. Mm -hmm. It was all muddy then and sliding. We were sliding down the hills on our bum. I think, Jesus Christ, I'm loving this. So you go up and down, up and down. You go through the bushes. (laughs) So you do your run. And then at the end of the run, you come into what he called, the guy called um, the Killing Fields. Mm -hmm. That so was all lots of stuff made out of telegraph poles, the concrete tubes, everything you see out on my course, that's where the inspiration come from, from mm-hmm. the tough guy. I done it for three or four years on the trot. And then when we started running out there, I was thinking, Jesus Christ, I remember doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And that's when we just ran around the natural terrain originally. Um, 
And then it started wearing out really quickly because of the bank size. So we're shoving under the dirt down and we're having to dig it all the time. I think, Jesus Christ, if you're going to come and do this, you need to do something about it. And that's where all the obstacles come from. Because obviously you've seen it. We've boarded it. We've put steps there. We've put ropes there just to keep the terrain as it was so it doesn't wear it down. Mm-hmm. Um, the combat zone just comes from me personally wanting to put an outside circuit that I could just go and do without thinking about it mm-hmm. and just go and do a lap of the circuit that used to take 20, 30 minutes to do. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something, that's a workout in itself. Yeah. And I just wanted it to set up so people would come and make it really easy. Some days you get up and you don't know what the, the hell you want to do. And it's, for instance, this morning, we've done a, a little bit of a warm-up and I give the, I've never do this, but I give the, um, the gym session, I give them a choice of what they wanted to do. Some of them just wanted to do a lap of the combat zone. Some of them wanted to just to finish off with and play around on all the obstacles. Mm-hmm. It's that easy for people to come and enjoy themselves here. Because yeah. they've got the gym, they've got the outside part of the gym, they've got the running part of the top section, which is all cardio-based. You go and do a lap of that, Jesus Christ, it <laughs> takes 10 or 12 minutes, you know. <gasps> yeah. Then you go on to the obstacles, you'll have as much fun as you want to have. If you want to lift something, go into combat zone and, and mess around with farmers' carriers and pulleys and logs and mm-hmm. tap the stones yeah. over your head and blah, 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 blah. As you've seen, it's such an easy place to have fun here. It really, really is. Mm-hmm. So We can vouch yeah. for how brutal it is as well. Yeah, no, it was tough. <laughs> we did the combat zone and it was, it was tough. Yeah, it was a good work. It was a good, good. workout though, yeah, definitely. Great workout. It really is just fun. And listen, to the day, I'm still not fed up with doing it. Yeah. And I get fed up quite quickly. <laughs> I get bored. And we use it in a, in, a, in a various ways. We can do EMOMs, we can do arm wraps, we can do a fallout. It's just so much to do out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What What does fitness mean to you, Mike? Like, what, like, what does it mean for you to be fit? I, what it... For me, it's about being able to do activities. So it's being able to go for a, a 100k bike ride. It's being able to go out in a kayak for three or four hours. It's about going paddleboarding for four or five hours. It's about a, a outdoor activities for me. It's not just to be looking the best in the gym. No, mine is mm-hmm. all about the function. It's like we do the, the Saturday slaughter on the beach in the summer. So we use the paddleboards and we take some sandbags down and we do running on the beach and we run across the rocks like we used to as kids. I call it a rejuvenating course. Mm-hmm. You know, when we used to go crabbing as kids, you never used to worry about bare feet. And I make everybody do it with bare feet. Go and rejuvenate yourself. Go and run across them rocks and I don't want no complaints because you never used to complain. It's just everybody's going a little bit soft. Yep these posh shoes and blah, 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 blah. So I'm just trying to keep it real, really, for me. And obviously, you know, when you walk up the stairs, you're not getting puffed out and you can carry your suitcase and just general general life, to be honest with you, is what it's all about for me. And, and obviously, as I've got a little bit older, it's becoming more, for longevity, it's become more well-being. So mm-hmm. I've calmed the heavy stuff down now and I just love doing the intermediate stuff. So it's not so heavy. And it's a lot of function involved in what we do. I still love kettlebells. I, I like barbells. But if you've got dodgy shoulders like I have and stuff, it gets a little bit um, tough for the mobility and things like that. So I just revert to the, the, the kettlebell stuff. So, yeah, it, it's about longevity and being active for as long as we possibly can. Yeah, I love that. A couple of your signs when you were going around the course was like, don't fuck about and like, do it like you mean it, which we, which we loved. Um, do you get that quite a lot? Like people like, um, 
making excuses and why they can't be like healthy or fit or do you know what when we first started um there was lots of people that tried to make excuses and you know i've been through the mill a little bit myself and when someone says oh this is hurting that's hurting i said listen let me tell you something <laughs> if you really want to do something guess what you can do it yeah and it's that simple doesn't matter there will always be an alternative or a progression so you can not um start um aggravating your injury or aggravating this you can mm -hmm. go around it if you really want to mm -hmm. don't fuck about and do it like you mean it. it was an absolute organic slogan it was just when we first started it's the same as the mike's gym name we tried to name the gym for a year and it just named itself mm -hmm. mike's gym we're yeah. going to mike's gym and I thought, why try and fight that? Yeah. It's named itself. Don't do it. Yeah. And and when I was coaching or encouraging or whatever you want to call it, it's come on, don't fuck about do it like you mean it. And that's where that's come from. Absolutely organic. It was never thought, right, what do we need to uh, to brand Mike's gym? Mm -hmm. It just happened. And then the designer, to be honest with you, he was a he was so on point with his branding. Mm -hmm. Um he he done such a good job. And the silhouette comes from me, um, actually, because the silhouette on the Don't Fuck About is obviously me and the Mike Simmons me. I said I want silhouettes of activities that we do. Mm -hmm. It didn't quite turn out with activities that we do, but he used me as the silhouette. Yeah. And you know what? It's worked so fucking well. It mm -hmm. really is strong branding. Whenever we go to, um, to a race or to a competition or whatever, and you've got 10, 15, 20 Mike's Gym hoodies walking down the road. It's like, oh my God, yeah. look at this dog coming. Yeah. The bold colours, it's this, and there's nothing in the way of that. Don't fuck about it. As much as some people might be a tiny little bit offended by it, there's no offence meant by it. It's just my way of um, encouraging people and trying to, ex I call it extracting the best out of it. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I love that. What um, would you say has been your hardest challenge yet, like, that you've took on? Um, what was the worst one you've done? What's the worst thing that I've done? Um, you were telling us about uh, one point when we were in the gym. What was it you, you did on that? Oh, um, Mount Everest, you climbed. Oh, the climber. Yeah. On the oh, climber. Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> a really, a really, yeah, that's, it, what, you know what? That was funny because it's a really, really tough thing to do. Mm -hmm. I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> Psychopath. That's what they call people like you. It was like, <laughs> oh my God. Where it was like, I don't know if you've ever had it when you've been training. I've had it a few times when I've taken a few challenges like rowing or whatever. And you get on the machine and I've done the wrong. I only spent six weeks training um, specifically for that first climber um, challenge climbing Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like you have these magical days or magical moments, I call it, and you're on it and you're going, Jesus Christ, where the fuck is this energy come from? <laughs> and it was one of those days. It was just before Christmas. And every Christmas, we've we done a, a cranky thing. We had to do something stupid. I mean, one year we went for like 100 or 200 and odd, 220 kilometre bike ride. And then the next day we come in and we've done... Um, what's it called? Um, it was a big CrossFit workout. Um, Marf? Jesus. No, 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 no. It was a really heavy one. Um, King Kong or something like that it's called. Uh -huh. 
And we're just doing nutty things like that. It's silly. <laughs> so then one year, we just decided, right, we're going to climb Mount Everest. So four or five of us done it. And I happened to break the, the world record for the time, unofficially, of course. We did do it officially. Yeah. It was like two and a half, three minutes quicker than the previous time. Um, but I wouldn't say that's the hardest thing. I think one of the hardest things that I've done was um, I've done, I used to do a lot of cycling. And to ride across Britain was tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because I'd already done a race early on in, in, in the year um, called the Tour de Transalp, which is a thousand kilometer race over seven days. So it's seven stages. It's like a mini Tour de France, I'll describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, riding from ski resort to ski resort. So that's 20 odd thousand meters of climbing in a week, which is quite tough. But then off the back of that, three or four weeks later, I went and rode across Britain as well, which is a thousand miles. But it wasn't Jeez. a race. But that was probably the toughest year that I'd done, to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. was so tired after after doing that. I don't know, in fact, if it was the same year that I'd done the Mount Everest. I think I just went really on one year. I just got it going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and by the end of the ride across Britain, I was hanging. It was like, oh, my God, I need this to be over. But that was nine days, wow. like over 100 miles a day. Yeah. And obviously riding across Britain, you get some some weather conditions mm-hmm. um, to challenge you as well. So I think that's probably the the toughest thing. Saying that, building that assault course, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> Brittle. You've had some challenging moments building that. Oh, my God, with 12-metre telegraph holes on golf buggies and mm-hmm. sleepers falling down the road with... Tip dumpers off the edge, you've tipped figures <laughs> off the edge. Being I've never been um, in the construction business and just like giving things a go, honest, we've um, been in some real sticky situations building <laughs> the place. Um, but a lot of fun, but yeah, a lot of lot of tough work. I mean, them sleepers weigh like 70, 70 odd kilos each. And when you have to place them on a step and you're carrying them, let me tell on the, and you understand the terrain that they're on. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a person in the world that's stupid enough to want to build <laughs> all those obstacles on that unforeseen bank side that we have to dig yeah. and make level. And oh my god! So that that the the, the course in itself was a, a monumental challenge. I didn't even think about that. Like, how do you get all those things oh, boy, on on that? And not the rocks and stuff. Listen, we had diggers and things like that, but a lot of that stuff has been done by hand. Yeah. Amazing. That's a workout in itself. (laughs) Oh, my God. Honest, when when I first started um, with the gym, I'd be taking the classes in the morning. I'd be constructing all in the evening, up all day. I'd take the classes in the evening. And then after I'd finish the classes, I'd be going to make something else that we could put in the combat zone or make something <laughs> else to hang from or whatever. Because everything you see around here is um, been sort of handcrafted by mm. myself. It's just, yeah. just one of the things that I'd love to do. It's amazing. Um, make things. So. I think it just goes to show as well, you don't need to spend a fortune. You don't need to spend a lot of money on equipment. Because I, I think now there's so many like, bougie gyms and fancy gyms that spend an absolute fortune on all this kit oh and you think you think what's the point like it's just like you could use you what could you've use got. what you've got like you have you and know, just make it I've authentic i've i've looked into a few obstacles and stuff and when i priced them up i just thought you know what there is not a hope in hell i'm paying twenty thousand euros 
for a six, seven metre obstacle mm-hmm. when it cost me. I don't, maybe it might not be all singing, all dancing, but I tell you what, it's the same effect. Yeah. It's just, it's just simplicity. All of it is simplicity. I just look at everything. Just because it's fancy colours, just because it's fancy this, it doesn't make it any more difficult. It's exactly the same. Yeah. And I've always gone on that. Um, and I'm fortunate enough that, you know, I can weld, I can mess around with timber and I'm not the perfect carpenter, but for the minimalistic stuff that I've got out there, really, you know, old school, simple stuff, I, I can get done quite quickly. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And that's why I've kept it so simple. There's nothing fancy, but it's still so, so effective. Yeah. And yeah. everybody seems to enjoy it, especially children. They go out there and they're having a stroll in the park. A lot of that stuff gets based. When I was a kid, we used to have an adventure park with rope swings and, you know, the old aerial runways and stuff mm-hmm. that you're not allowed to do. Well, you can because you've got Amazonia now, but you're strapped on with a harness and you can't fall off and break your arm and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was brought up a little bit different than that. It was scrapes and bruises and grazes every single day of my life. And, and, and I call that when the kids go out there. They don't even understand how hard they're working these days. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's hard work for them. It's just having fun yeah. up and down the bank side. You've seen the ropes they pull themselves off. You've seen the ropes they swing across. It's all what kids used to do as as um, as kids back then, mm-hmm. and um, I just and that's why I call it rejuvenate. And when the parents go out there, don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Pretend you're twelve years old, eleven years old again, and you can you can do it no problem. It's only your mind stopping you do it. Yeah. So we give them a little bit of a pep talk, and all of a sudden they're swinging like a kid and laughing like a kid again. <laughs> yeah. So it's brilliant. It's amazing. I was going to touch on that when you were talking about your your bike rides. What would you say like the ratio is between like physical and mental if you're taking on like challenges like that, or even just going to do the assault course? Like, how much of that would you say is like the mental side of it that you need to tap into? Do you know what all of it is? Mm-hmm. It all comes from the mind. There's no doubt about that. It's whether you really want to do it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to challenge yourself, if you want to make yourself a stronger person. <laughs> And you know what? You need to have a step backwards sometimes and think, right, that's really tough. What do I need to do to get over that? Mm-hmm. And, and and as you've seen, when you have your induction and stuff, some of it is a little bit daunting when you're up there and you've got to jump, when you've got to absolutely fully commit to swing across something. And that's what I think that we're really good at getting. You know, OCR runners, it's, not a, it's, it's a normal thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. So we can just try and brush up on their efficiency. But when you get people that work in an office, we get a lot of people come to uh, Mike's gym that, you know, have never seen or don't even know what an OCR course is. So we spend two or three hours out there. And honestly, from not being able to walk down the stairs practically, to all of a sudden jumping off the dragon's back or climbing mm-hmm. up that stairway to heaven or jumping across the ninja boys, it's like, Jesus Christ, you could barely walk down the stairs when you first turn up. Mm-hmm. And it's just changing the mindset again because everybody gets so comfortable sat behind their office desk and tapping them out their computer. That's their life. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It doesn't need to be. We can, with with a little, little bit of encouragement, a little bit of coaching, people are so much more capable than most people give themselves credit for. It yeah. really is. So... I like to really um, try to extract that out of them. Yeah. Again, I go back to the rejuvenation. Don't think about it. Let's just do it. 
Yeah, absolutely. When I was on the balance beam, I tried it first and then I got to the middle and I spent about two minutes in the middle and then I just got off and I never went the full way and then Kimmy done it and I was like, right, I'm doing it again. And then I got exactly. all the way over and then I was so buzzing with myself exactly. because I actually did it. We've got, you know, that, the, the, again, how simple is that? Mm -hmm. It's a fucking seesaw balance. In a playground, you see seesaws everywhere. We just used to run over them to make it a little bit more fancy than just sitting on it and bouncing around. Mm -hmm. So that's a really simple idea. It's the same with the car granite. All of a sudden, if, I don't know if you won't notice, but when you go through the course, you're going over and under, over and under, over and under. Then you climb it over a wall. Once per, someone can climb over that two-meter wall, they can climb up a five-meter one. Mm -hmm. But it becomes in the mind again because it's so much more scary. Then it's our duty to be able to get them over it. And you know what? I've had that carbonate absolutely shaking like it, there's an earthquake when people are on the top of that <laughs> and they are so frightened. But let me tell you, when they come down, they break down with emotion just because of they've completed it. Yeah. And they've absolutely didn't have in their wildest dreams that they'd ever be able to do it. Mm -hmm. When they look at it, when they first look up, they go, I'm not going up there. Mm -hmm. you are going up there yeah and and it's an amazing feeling for us as coaches and for people um just achieving it yeah mm -hmm. so it's um yeah yeah keep it simple you're the only person that's holding you back ain't that right you are the only person there's no doubt about that mm -hmm. and it really uh it is a true fact there's definitely no doubt but people get people get um wrapped in cotton wool by the government, they get wrapped in cotton wool by their parents, yep. whoever might be wrapping them in cotton wool to stay indoors and sit behind a computer or sit on your phone. And that's society of today, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, I just take it as one of my duties to throw the phones away and at least for an hour or two hours or if you're on a camp, um, getting back to that, we, we are thinking or in the process of trying to do an Android 3 camp just to, you know, and another thing that, that people don't realise you can live without a phone. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, mm -hmm. I can't be with an hour without my phone. And it's something I had an idea from in COVID. And it's just, you know, putting a few things together and, and trying to get it down. And that's going to aim, be aimed towards more, not towards more, but the idea comes from families. Mm -hmm. So they can have a conversation about climbing over the cargo net. So they can have a combination about mum and daughter or dad and son um, competing against each other, how it always used to be. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. We started off doing, um, we had a kids, um, we called it a family a family um, session. So the, the uh, parents would come and train with the kids and it was always out on the assault course. Mm -hmm. Literally just running around doing different challenges. Um, we'd shorten the course so they could have a little race with their mum and dad. And all of a sudden you're seeing the kids absolutely integrating with their parents like they've never done before mm -hmm. because they're on the same page mm -hmm. and the kids are normally doing this and the parents are off work and they don't even talk about anything over the dinner table anymore mm -hmm. and it was so funny I think, Jesus Christ look at that this is amazing I love it and that's where the idea comes watching watching the parents and kids compete with each other how it used to be when we was allowed to be a winner and, yep. you know there was a first and second place again we've been mollycoddled we've been wrapped in cotton wool and this is the way that the the government or wherever is trying to make society and i just trying to yeah not rebel but just trying to keep it real as, as it used to be mm -hmm. as i was a kid 
Yeah. Um, I just prefer that upbringing, to be honest with you. Like I say, a bit of an old dinosaur, but that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, we actually spoke about that, didn't we, when we came back? We said we'd love to go to just like a retreat where you didn't have your phone and you could just be present with each other because it's just a lot exactly. of the time you're just, your head's in your phone, you're not present, you're just, I think it just, it ruins relationships, it ruins families, It ruins friendships. everything. Yeah. And, and just getting back to that, you know, if you ever did come on a, on a camp or a retreat here at Mike's Gym, you'll see that it's all communal. Everything here is communal. You see where you live, you're living next door to each other. You have to socialise with people. Mm -hmm. There is places that you don't, you know, if you really need to get your headspace and you want to shoot off, you can go and sit somewhere in a quiet space. But we all eat together. We all sit around and, and talk together. There's no TVs. There's nothing else to do. It is literally um, eat, sleep, try and repeat. Mm -hmm. um, and and at the moment, but it's something that I will do and definitely want to get these camps um, up and running at some stage, whether it's next year or the year after. It definitely will happen. And I think it's a necessity for the people that, you know, that, that do care about longevity and do care about talking across in a dinner table about what activities they've been doing instead of some social media nonsense, as I call it, without yeah. going into details. But, yeah, it's just keeping it real. Yeah, no, absolutely. We would 100% be up for that. Yeah. So we, we said yeah. already, like, we would be back at some point, like, probably with, like, our team or something. Um, yeah. But I think that would just take it to, like, the next level, like, just not having phones for a few days and just totally being present in the moment and enjoying it, like... Even, I mean, for me, even, you know, it's like an, an, an addict to anything. Um, you need to do it in stages. So even if it's just have the phone for half an hour in the morning and a half hour in the evening, just so mm -hmm. they're not getting everything totally taken away. But, you know, that would be it. Yeah. Um, just so they can integrate and, and talk about what they've been doing or what we're going to be doing and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely something um, to be said about it, a million percent. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So what's, um, what's coming up for you next, Mike? What's your next challenge? I know that you'd said you'd done High Rocks in Malaga. Have you got anything else upcoming? Yeah, I'm going to Decca at the weekend, but I'm doing it as a team. Um, I can't do the solo one because I've got um, a group coming, funny enough, a group of influences coming on Saturday morning to do a lap of the course, so that could be interesting. Amazing. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, so we'll just see how it goes, but... Um, I've got no other personal challenges for myself at the minute. I've got a bit of a, a knee problem and doing the running, I think, is aggravating it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I need to back off to see if I can fix it. And if, if not, listen, I've had one knee done and generally after you've had one done, the other one wasn't in great condition when I had that one done. And the surgeon did say to me, listen, in the not too distant future, you're going to have to have another one put in the other side. So... I kind of got that in my head a little bit at the minute now. Mm -hmm. And now that's in my head, it's like, oh, I don't need to be pushing for anything. It mm -hmm. is a shame because, you know what, I really enjoy the high rocks and I know I could do so much better mm -hmm. if I could run a little bit quicker. Um, the, the strength on the on the exercises is fine. Mm -hmm. It's just the running and the recovery after running. I seem to really struggle with the running because of um, my body mechanics are not um, too clever. Yeah. Um, but, we're, yeah, we'll, we'll just see. Like I say, my... A lot of my energy at the minute is going into um, my son's racing, um, so he's he's priority at the minute. Mm -hmm. And obviously, um, coming back from COVID, I need to be here and spend a lot as much time as I possibly can here. Um, you know, just being in and around the camps and blah blah blah. 
mm-hmm. just to make my presence felt here. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah we've got plans to develop. We've got plans for more accommodation and stuff like that. We've got plans to do a few more obstacles and things in the not too distant future. Um, nothing too major, but enough to make it a little bit more spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about um, a lot of the OCR stuff. There's this, um, they're doing the ninja challenge now and it's a set course. So we're on about maybe putting a, a ninja course out there so people can come and have a challenge. I was talking about doing it once every three or four months. Um, yep. So people can keep on their ninja skills, which is it goes towards OCR and running anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just just sort of little 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 bits and pieces like that, really. Yeah, amazing. All sounds very very exciting. Absolutely. Um. Well, we will wrap it up there. But thank you so so much for coming on. Like I think we've both personally took a lot from it. So we hope the listeners have massively took a lot from it as well. You're a very inspiring person. Like I don't know if that word kind of resonates with you very thank much you but very you 100 percent are like and everything that you're yeah, about is you. is massive and i think like yeah it should be more like that in the industry 100 percent. so um yeah thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your all your wisdom with us and about your job <laughs> no <problem. laughs> thank you so much so this has been two dykes one mic over and out see ya